Hi, friends. Welcome to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. I'm Leona Evans, and I'm here today, as always, with my son and co-host, Matthew J. Evans. Hi, everyone. Glad to be here. Get Off Your Affirmation is a call to action. Each week, we challenge you to take an in-depth look at your current beliefs and provide loving support and innovative tools to guide you toward fulfilling your spiritual potential and becoming the change you wish to see in the world. We're committed to human rights, social justice, and nonviolent action. During each episode, we emphasize that real and lasting change is the result of changing our mindset. Our spiritual path is not about struggling to become good, but about releasing the negative beliefs and habits that have blocked us from realizing that we're already good by nature. What a gift it is to realize that our work is not about trying to become spiritual. It's about awakening to our spiritual nature and accepting the love and inner peace we so richly deserve. So, that brings us to our topic for today. Why do so many of us feel the burning need to defend ourselves, even when we're not being attacked? This is a topic that comes up a lot for me, and it's more than a little frustrating. For example, I might casually ask someone in the office, where's the tape? And they'll suddenly say, I didn't take it. I know, that really gets to you. <laughs> it does, because now the other person thinks I accused them of taking the tape, and I have to take time to soothe their feelings. And to make it even more frustrating, I still don't have the tape. For me, it was all about the tape. I didn't want to accuse anyone of anything. That's a subject that's very close to me. I know what you're saying, and I understand the problem, but for some reason, I, I always feel like I have to defend myself or explain myself. I know. Me too. We all have our soft spots, the triggers that seem to threaten us and cause us to want to justify our actions or shift the blame or explain why we're not at fault. In fact, I don't know anyone who doesn't get defensive sometimes. However, what we're talking about today is more serious than the occasional overreaction. We're talking about an almost constant need to defend ourselves, to protect ourselves from perceived attacks, to regard any type of feedback as threatening, and to try to deflect blame onto others. It's like the old joke, you think I'm being defensive? You're the one who's being defensive. Exactly. <laughs> but it's really not funny when we have to feel on guard all the time and compelled to defend ourselves. I remember a time when I was attempting to work with an extremely sensitive person who was always defending herself by explaining why it wasn't her fault, a coworker had given her incorrect information, or uh, no one had told her when the project was due. The list of excuses was endless. One day she said, well, I have to defend myself. And I said, why? No one's attacking you. She became quite agitated, and she said, Oh, yes, they are. Really? That's quite a strong reaction. W was she really being attacked? Not at all. From my perspective, it was a minor bit of feedback that happens on a regular basis. No one accused her of anything or was angry toward her in any way that I could see, yet she felt attacked. What was really hard on me, though, was feeling that I was somehow responsible for her pain, that because I had said something that hurt her, I had to make amends in some way. Well, after the first experience, I started rehearsing how I would approach her with feedback. I actually read books on compassionate communication skills 
but I was never really able to help her understand that I wasn't blaming her or unjustly criticizing her. Eventually, I walked away from the relationship because I no longer felt that it was healthy for me to take responsibility for her pain. As clinical psychologist Nick Wignell states in his article called Defensiveness, How It Works and What to Do About It, he states if you're struggling with defensiveness, there are likely two key components, some form of fear or insecurity, and a set of behaviors that temporarily alleviate those fears at the expense of someone else, and eventually your relationship with them. So, today I respectfully challenge each of us to get off our affirmation, stop defending ourselves, and practice healthy self-esteem. The healthier our self-esteem is, the more able we are to hear criticism, look at why it makes us uncomfortable, and work toward a solution. So let's take a look at a definition for defensive behavior. Defensiveness is a coping strategy for how we feel when we perceive that someone has criticized us. These feelings include feeling hurt, ashamed, and angry. We react defensively and attack another person in order to shift the focus from our own perceived faults and insecurities to help ourselves feel better. Yes, defensiveness is a reaction to fear and insecurity, and we rely on primitive coping mechanisms to take away the pain and help us feel more emotionally secure and safer in the world. As I look back on times in my life when I felt defensive, It always comes out of a perceived threat, and my reaction is not cerebral. It's a type of fight-or-flight response. In other words, I truly believe in that moment that there's some sort of threat, either to my job security or to my relationships, that caused me to want to protect myself and automatically rush in to save myself from further humiliation. Experts believe that these fight-or-flight responses are coming from the primal or reptilian brain. On our September 19th, 2020 episode called How Did We Get Here? How Do We Find Our Way Out? We talked about the concept of the reptilian or primal brain, which represents our most basic urges and drives, such as aggression, dominance, greed, and power. The primal brain is triggered into action when we sense an immediate danger to our self-preserving behavior patterns. Once this takes place, we literally stop thinking and react on instinct. Yes, experts believe that the primal brain seems to originate from early developmental stages of human instinctive behavior as a reaction pattern in response to danger. Once we find ourselves in that mode, we attack as though our very lives depended on it, and there's not a possibility of a rational discussion. It's very much like a switch that goes off in us, And it seems as though we're no longer in control of our responses. We lash out, we blame others, we use sarcasm or even tears to try to keep ourselves out of danger and relieve our primal feelings of being threatened. When we look as far back as the Bible, we can cite a number of examples of defensive behavior in the face of perceived threats. For example, when Moses led the people out of Egypt, He went to the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments and left his brother Aaron in charge of the people. Well, not too long after that, the people became worried and frightened, and they feared that Moses would not return. 
They convinced Aaron to make a golden calf, a symbol of a god of Egypt, and to crawl back to Pharaoh, begging to be slaves again. When Moses returned and saw the golden calf, he said, Aaron, what have you done? And Aaron replied, they made me do it. It wasn't my fault. The people made me do it. Yeah, that part always sounded a little childish. And what about politics? Oh, for sure. Elected officials are often heard defensively deflecting blame and placing it on someone from the opposing party. Yeah, I mean, that's just every day we see that. Defensive behavior is also very common in relationships, and it's not unfamiliar to hear a dialogue between partners that begins with, you didn't take out the trash yesterday, and the other responding by saying, well, you didn't pay the power bill on time. (laughs) Yeah, that is so common. You see that all the time. I know. It becomes a constant battle of survival and one-upsmanship that creates mistrust and ill will, and it leads to more defensive behavior. Now, when we listen to these examples, they sound almost comical and even childish. But the cycle of defensive behavior can be very harmful and debilitating to our self-esteem and to our relationships. And so we need to acknowledge our reptilian or primal brain and understand that while its adrenaline-charged, emotion-charged reactions have enabled us to survive throughout millions of years of evolution, they no longer serve us in furthering our evolutionary goals, which need to move from fight or flight to harmony and maturity. We need to be able to recognize the reptilian brain activity as it goes on inside of us and choose to find our way back to our more evolved brain functions. Scientists tell us the rational part of our brain, which is called the neocortex, is the last major development in the evolution of the human brain, responsible for higher-order thinking such as decision-making, reasoning, and problem-solving. This means that In order to heal our issues of chronic defensiveness, we need to rely on our higher, more cerebral brain functions. In order to stop the cycle of believing that we have to defend ourselves in order to survive, we need to come to a place where we're more interested in uncovering the truth and helping to find ways to create more harmonious conditions in our workplace and in our relationships. Most people are aware of defensive behaviors. It's really easy to spot from the outside. It says more about our lack of stability and self-esteem than anything else. We're better than that. We deserve to live a more peaceful and self-assured life than that. The only reason we stay in that mindset is because our insecurities are triggered by the implications that we've done something wrong. It's time that we understand that we need a change in mindset. And the way we begin our healing process is through self-acceptance. Quoting from our book, The Evolving Peacemaker, A Commitment to Nonviolence, our beliefs act as filters through which we determine what is true and what is not. When our filters become clogged with years of unresolved anger and self-condemnation, we end up with a distorted view of ourselves and the world around us. For example, if we believe we can't trust ourselves, we'll feel insecure about trusting those around us. If we believe we're superior to others, we'll look down upon people as inferior. If we believe we constantly need to defend ourselves, we'll see the world as a battleground. If we believe we are unworthy of being loved, we'll find rejection wherever we look. I'll continue reading from The Evolving Peacemaker. 
We need to take responsibility for changing the filter of our mindset and lifting our consciousness to a place where we no longer struggle with issues of unworthiness, denial, or a distorted sense of reality. One of the most effective ways of achieving this goal is through self-acceptance. The practice of self-acceptance allows us to experience rather than deny whatever is true about ourselves at any given time. It gives us the courage to remain present to the reality of our own behaviors, and it frees us to recognize the many and varied aspects of our personality without self-hatred or self-rejection. We can't correct a problem that we refuse to acknowledge. We can't learn from a mistake we deny having made. We can't heal anger that we don't admit we possess. We can't forgive ourselves for an action we insist we haven't taken. Now, this is the last quote from our book. We are growing and evolving every moment of our lives, and refining our character flaws is a natural part of this process. However, if we choose to justify our faults or attempt to disown them, we not only fail to learn valuable lessons, but we risk ending up with a lethal buildup of unbridled energy that becomes buried in our unconscious minds. This accumulation of energy is often referred to as the dark side or the shadow within us. Now, when we're talking about defensive behavior, we don't mean to imply that there's never a time when we need to defend ourselves. For example, if we're being slandered or accused of some kind of wrongdoing, it's natural and important that we do everything we can to set the record straight. We need to defend our honor, our reputation, our business from lies and false accusations. Defending ourselves is a form of protection, but if our only need is to protect our ego, then we're in a no-win situation. Everyone makes mistakes. This is the first step in learning to accept ourselves. The ego is under the false assumption that in order to be good, we have to be flawless. This is very far from true. There is no way that we can possibly have mastered all of life's challenges and never make a mistake. This is an extremely unreasonable expectation. Our goal in life is to work toward attaining levels of mastery in certain areas. But our goal is also to be humble and teachable and have reciprocal interaction with others. There's no possible way that we can look like an expert in every situation, nor is there any reason that we should try to do so. As we grow to accept ourselves, we need to remember that our flaws do not negate our virtues. Just because we failed at one thing doesn't make us a failure. Just because we've been rejected by some doesn't make us unworthy. Each of us is worthy, regardless of our flaws. It's really important to take an objective evaluation of ourselves, of both our flaws and our virtues. Have a trusted friend or a loving family member do this exercise with you. Be honest. Don't be condemnatory. Use compassionate self-talk to carefully go over your list. For example, instead of saying, sometimes I can really say stupid things, try saying, I'm going to work on thinking before I speak. Evaluate yourself objectively and do your very best to see yourself as your loved ones see you. Learn to understand that you are good, that you are enough, that you are acceptable just as you are, and that you are in a process of learning and growing. 
And by relaxing into the wholeness of who you are, you will eventually find it unnecessary to protect yourself from being seen as unworthy. Now, we'll talk more about this in future episodes, but I strongly believe that if you make that list, take that inventory of both your flaws and your virtues, continue to be with someone who supports you and believes in you, that that very exercise alone, by going through that list day after day, by reminding yourself that you're not expected to be flawless, that you're going to make mistakes, prepare yourself for that fact. That's not negative thinking. That's a reality check. You're going to make mistakes, and each of those mistakes is going to be an opportunity to learn and grow. Please don't rob yourself of that experience. You deserve much better. And we'll talk about this in future episodes. Once again, I respectfully challenge each of you to get off your affirmation, stop defending yourself, and practice healthy self-esteem. Thanks so much for listening to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. Please subscribe on our website, getoffyouraffirmation.com, and connect with us on our Facebook page. We really look forward to hearing your feedback, and we appreciate you listening. Have a wonderful week. You deserve it.